0: Thanks for tuning in to the Sojourn Church Podcast. We are a church committed to the gospel in the context of family, living on mission to the city of Portland and our world. For more information, visit our website, sojournpdx.org.
1: Good morning, everyone. It is good to uh, see everyone. Uh, We were on vacation, as Andrea said, this week. We actually didn't think we were going to be here, but surprise, we are here. We decided to drive 10 hours back from the Lake Tahoe area on Friday because I'm crazy, and uh, the kids did an excellent job and slept in yesterday and actually slept in this morning. We woke up and we're like, whoa, it's already 8.15. We need to get out of bed and just kind of catching up on rest, but it was a very restful week, and we're happy to be here with everyone Um, Yesterday, we actually attended the worship on the waterfront. I don't know if anybody else attended that or not, but together, PDX, which is kind of part of the Palau Association, put this big event together, and just Christians from all over the metro got together, and to me, it was just a beautiful picture and a reminder that God is working in our city, despite what the news says, despite what narratives we might read about it, despite what all my friends on the East Coast text me about all of the time, Um, and so I was just reminded. We actually had one individual. I don't remember his name, but he got up and said, I've been ministering in this city for 40-plus years. And he said, and, 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 you know, he goes back to God, and God just spoke to him and reminded him of all the prophecies that have been spoken over the scene, that revival is coming, revival will happen here. And so I, will, I share that to say, man, we're part of that sojourn. Like, there's this hope that we can kind of stake in the ground as the Church of Portland, and we have multiple churches actually even represented this morning, but the Church of Portland, we can come together and say, you know, I've always I don't know what our slice of pie is supposed to be, but it's we're all coming together unified under Jesus And that by the grace of Jesus, and by Jesus showing up and working and moving, we will see this city shifted and changed and turn. Not through gimmicks, not even through events like we did yesterday, but through Jesus showing up and the power of the Holy Spirit working in the lives of people. And so I was encouraged by being there and just reminded that we get to be the Church of Portland, that we get to come together. The west side, the east side, we'll include Vancouver in that, even though they're on the Washington side. And that we can be a unified church. And that we can see God move and work. And uh, they just talked about, you know, some of us may not get to see it. Maybe our children or our children's children. I don't know how long God will have me be here. It may be for the rest of my life. I have no idea. But I think about my own children who have now spent more time in in Portland than they ever did on the East Coast as well. And that by God's grace in their lifetime and their generation, they will see this move of God that we've all been longing for and waiting to happen. Okay, now, I didn't prepare a message this morning, so I won't preach to you or preach at you. But. I am happy that this week, um, because I had a week off and also didn't think I was going to be here, uh, a good friend of mine, Gabe Colstad uh, from Westside Community Church, uh, actually agreed to come in and preach. He was also on vacation this week, but he said, you know what? He's a more seasoned pastor. I'm not saying you're older, but you know, a little bit older than me, more seasoned. So he's able to do that kind of thing, where for me, I'm like, oh no, I, gotta, I can't have the week off to do it. But he's pastored at uh, Westside Community Church out in Aloha. Uh, how long have you been there, Gabe? wow, 23 years, 14 as pastor. And so I've got some big shoes to kind of follow behind and just a great example of just longevity and pastoring. And I'm sure there's been days and weeks and months and years that he probably wanted to give up and do something else, but that God has called him there and he has stayed there um, and remained faithful to that. Uh, Gabe and I met probably about four years ago. I don't think I've been here too, too long. We met. I don't remember our initial first meeting, but I just remember being really encouraged by you. I actually think it was at an Irish pub on the uh, on the west side of town. And so we are in, in Portland, uh, people on the east coast. But uh, I just remember meeting Gabe and just being connected to him. And you know, here I am, this kind of nobody. Nobody knows who I am. And Gabe didn't care. It didn't matter. You know, who I was or how big the church was or any of that stuff. Just want to encourage me. And so I would say that you are probably the most encouraging pastor I know in this city. I know a lot of pastors, and they're all great, but Gabe is someone who reaches out, especially during the pandemic. If something's happening, because he knows some of my frustrations in my hearts, and oh no, we got to wear a mask again, or oh no, this is going to happen. How are you doing? How are you handling this? The side of me that not of you all get to see, but that Gabe's reaching out and just been such an encouragement to me and to my family. Um, you know, we get to lunch together regularly, get coffee together regularly, and so I thank you for that. I really appreciate and love the friendship that we have. Um, he's also started this network called Together Network, and there's not really a big agenda other than you agree to uh, the Nicene Creed and that you agree to church planting, that that's your heart, and as a church, that you will plant other churches and help do that, and so we are um, kind of the newer church that's part of that, and just, man, we we can get behind that. Like, we are a church plant. We want to plant other churches, and so once a month, we all hop on a call because we're still in this Zoom life, and we just encourage each other. You know, how are things going? What are your challenges? What are your struggling? How can we pray for one another? And so uh, Gabe has started that, and, and others um, are, are going to hopefully join in that. And we can just partner together to see more churches planted all over our metro and then even all over our nation and, and even send out people other countries as well. Um, in addition to that, we are having a, a possible partnership. I want to be careful how I word it because it's not official, but you know, as a church plant, we, we naturally have a lot of needs and struggles and wants and desires. And so we're talking with them about what does it look like to to maybe be kind of our, our local sending church in a, in, a, in a way, where they would help partner with us and maybe even put this challenge out to their people to say, hey, would a handful of you decide to leave our church? Now, that's his heart, to leave our church and to go and join Sojourn, to help Sojourn out and, and be part of that church. And so you would be praying for that and just as we're having these conversations and as God is bringing our hearts and our lives uh, together. The Good Neighbor Project we're doing next week was actually something that I believe started out of your church, and so they invited all the Together Network churches into that. So, man, this would be something great where all of our churches one weekend could just say, man, we're going to be serving our communities. And as a representation of, you know, the church is more than just what we're doing right now. I do value this. I think it's very, very important. That's why even we got back. you know what? We're going to go to Sojourn on Sunday. No one knows we're back. We don't have to go, but we still wanted to because that's our heart. But then it's also more than that. When we leave this place, you know, the rest of the week where we spend most of our lives, what does it look like to love and serve our communities? And so that's kind of the heart of the Good Neighbor Project that. They said, man, we'd love for you guys to participate in this as well. And we said, man, it sounds exactly like what we wanna do. We wanna love our community and word and deed, you know? And so this is the, the deed part. We get to go and just serve alongside of our community. And so Gabe, um, I actually felt called as I was over here worshiping just to pray over you and pray for you. I know that there's been some uh, difficulties maybe within your family. And I don't know, maybe I'm sure the church, I mean, it's been a challenge to lead any, any size church um, in this, this past year and a half. So if it's all right with you, I'll just lay hands on you, pray for you before you come and deliver a word to us. God, I just want to come to you and just, God, we want to thank you for who you are, first and foremost. And God, I thank you for the relationship that you have given me with Gabe. God, just really early on in my time here, and just been a life of encouragement to me, someone I can go to and ask questions, and God, who, who doesn't even always have the answer. And sometimes he comes to me, and we learn from one another, but God, I just thank you for him. I pray for his family this morning. God, I know there's just been some maybe some new challenges this year, things that, that maybe weren't on their radar, but God, those things did not surprise you. And so I just pray that you would um, give them peace and assurance that you are working in the lives of all of their children and that you're working in their lives as well, God, and that you're not done working with them and, and things that surprised them and maybe caught them off guard, God, did not surprise you. It may still confuse them and maybe they're just not sure, but God, they can turn to you in this season. They will continue to grow them and grow their faith and trust in you, God. May this not discourage them. May they not wayward away from you. Got to pray for Westside Community Church and the light and presence that they've been there for for many many years. Uh, Gabe's been part of it for 23 and pastoring it for 14. Got to pray that you would continue to bless their church and that their church can continue to partner with church plants like ours and individuals like myself to encourage us as they see the need to have churches all over this metro. And God, that there's a need for even more of that, and that they can be a key part in that. God is as a larger uh, a city, kind of a, a church is like a beacon in a sense, God, that from there they can send out, and from there they can encourage others. God, we thank you for them. We thank you for the word that you've given him for us this morning. We ask that your Holy Spirit would be present and that you would speak to us, God. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, thank you, you Gabe.
0: Well, I, I honestly didn't expect. Uh, I honestly didn't expect the uh, introduction to be so long. <laughs> I thought it was be like a sentence. Hey, Gabe's going to come talk. Uh, but man, if you're joining us online, thank you for being with us, and for everybody here, thanks for being a part of this. And it's a thrill for me, honestly, just a thrill to be able to connect. We've been talking for so long. I've actually been to this building several, I think, several times, and walked through it and prayed through it with Matt, and uh, just you know, thinking about what God could do—not in, just in this building, but Through you guys as a community, and I just love Matt's heart, man. He's just bleeding this thing of what Jesus prayed for—may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven—and I love that. It just comes out of your pores, man. This is great. Um, Good days ahead for this for this community and for this church. Um, Really, really grateful to be here. Um, As Matt was talking, I was reminded. He said, "You know, been there a long time, and something about giving up." And I thought, you know, I've only I've only wanted to give up every Monday in the last 23 years. And thankfully, my wife talks me off the ledge just about every Monday. Um, But uh, one of the things that I want to talk to you about today is the tension that we all feel right now in this season of life. Um, It's high. And in some weeks, it's higher than others. But here's what I know. If you don't figure out what to do with your anxiety, it's going to eat you alive. And sometimes the problem with anxiety is we don't know where it comes from. We don't know what causes it. We're not aware of some of the triggers, and we don't even have a plan often for what to do with it. So I want to share from Psalm 131 today, and we'll get into that in a minute. But let me first tell you about our vacation that we just got back from. We went down to Santa Cruz, California, to see our son Dawson, who is a music missionary and works as the worship leader at a church in a place called Boulder Creek, just outside of Santa, Santa Cruz. So we're down there hanging out. Had a great time. Did all kinds of fun stuff this week. And uh, one of the things that we did was we went out and we drove out. Actually, it was yesterday. We drove out to the end of the, the Santa Cruz Pier. And when you go out, you can drive out and you can park. And then we walked out and you can see the sea lions. So my wife has this thing. My wife, Melissa, is here with me right now, and she has this thing for sea lions. So any place we ever go that has sea lions, we just stop and we, we look at them. And once you start, it's hard to stop. I mean, they, they're entertaining. You know, sea lions are these big, huge creatures, and they have all these different personalities. So they'll be all spread out over this dock, and one is, you know, barking, and, and another one jumps on top of it, and they slide all over each other, and they're pushing each other around. Well, there was this little fight going on between two of the sea lions, and it was fascinating this 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 one sea lion was like king of the beam in the pier. He would not get off the beam and people wanted to cross it or people, sea lions wanted to cross it and he wouldn't let them. And so this little, littler sea lion gets up on the beam and tries to go across and the, and the big sea lion is like pushing him off. I mean, he's like, he will not let this little guy by. And so then there's this all out duel and uh, all of a sudden out of nowhere, and this is about seven or eight minutes into this fight, uh, all of a sudden the little sea lion figures out a way to slither over the top of this big sea lion. And all of a sudden, it's like the big sea lion's surprised. Like, what? How'd you do that? How'd you beat me? You know, and this big dramatic fight that these sea lions had is like this power play. And um, I thought it was hilarious because as soon as the little sea lion got over the big sea lion, it figured that its job was done and it no longer needed to be on the beam. The whole point was to win over this older, you know, bigger sea lion. And it was just a funny moment. But here's what I've noticed is that, Right now, we're all in a little bit of a power play, and that's the human condition right now in the world. It's a power play, is everybody's trying to posture against each other. There's people with different ideologies they are coming out and going like, oh, no, you got you to gotta see it my way. You know, you got you to gotta understand where I'm coming from. Social media is this big game and this big competition. Um, everything in our world is, is, is it's almost like it's positioned right now to divide and to create Uh, anxiety. And I think we have to understand where that comes from. I see us right now in in my own life, there's all this chaos and there's all this change. There's all this disruption. As a pastor in a church, Matt knows well, every week you're just waiting for the next announcement to come from the CDC or the Oregon Health Authority or something like that and go like, okay, now we know what our new limitations are this week. And there's all this chaos and change. And we're sort of in this almost reactionary, if we're not careful, place where we, we, we want to do the right thing, but, but there's chaos, there's change, there's disruption. And here's what I think it's, it's turned us into. It's turned us into anxious, angry, empty people. And we've got to get a handle on that. We are made for more than that. We are needed for more than that. And uh, people in your life and in mine, they are looking at us going, you know, show the way. I think that's what they're asking. Show, show me a step forward. And if we claim to be people who follow Jesus, hopefully we've got a connection to him that's strong enough that can pull us in these moments of chaos, change, disruption, can pull us forward, and where we can then show other people what the next step looks like as we move together. I think the problem that I see right now, and, and I want you to think about in your own circumstances where this might fall in, but the problem that a lot of us are going to face in this season is trying to be the alpha. So I think about those sea lions for a second trying to be the alpha is a problem. Uh, we've got to understand that where we, where we fit in the big scheme of things and what our real role actually is. Significance doesn't come from importance. And I think our world is confused about that right now. And I think we probably need to demonstrate a new way. And, and, I, and I want to share with you on that. So let me read to you Psalm 131, verses 1 through 3, which, uh, by the way, I was supposed to recycle a message for today, Matt, I was supposed to pull one out of the vault because I was on vacation, and uh, I felt like I was, I was sitting there on the plane going, like, I'm going to recycle a message, and I felt like God was like, no, you're not. And so uh, I, I was like wrestling through this passage this week going, okay, this is probably what needs to be shared. This, is, this has been on my heart. This has been something I've been wrestling through, and it says in Psalm 131, 1 through 3, it says, Lord, my heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty or puffed up. I don't concern myself with matters too great are too awesome for me to grasp. Instead, I have calmed and quieted myself like a weaned child who no longer cries for its mother's milk. Yes, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, the psalmist says, put your hope in the Lord now and always. I was so struck by this. I was sitting for like an hour the other morning just thinking, wow, that I, I think I need this. I think I... I think I'm like a an undisciplined child much of the time. My soul is so often unsatisfied. Like I'm like I'm not sure I'm okay, like I'm not I'm not sure I'm where I'm supposed to be. I don't know if you ever do that. I don't know if anybody in here ever does that, but you're like ever benchmark yourself against where you thought you'd be at this age or at this stage. Do you ever pause and go like, "Oh, I should have been already done with that. I should have By this point, this year, my goals were this. And I have, you know, I don't know if you ever feel behind, but I feel behind a lot of the times. And I realize now, as I was reflecting on that, it's really, it's really a problem that I that, that is a lot like the Sea Alliance. It's like I'm posturing, it's like I'm trying to be the alpha sometimes. And I I think I see in this scripture so much help on what is it that creates in our souls a calmness and a peace and a centeredness in the right sense of the word that other people could actually look at and go like, oh, that's how you do it. Because I think if, if we were to showcase how to do this, I think most people in our lives would be like, can you please walk me through that process? Because I'm dying here and every night I can't sleep well because I keep thinking about all the stuff that's going on and the chaos and where I'm supposed to be and how my life isn't what it's supposed to be. And all the pieces that are apart, it's a lot to handle. So I want to give you some learnings that I had from this passage um, that I think can help us to really know what to do with our anxiety. Um, So number one, and if you're taking notes, I'm a a notes kind of person. So number one, remember my limitations. I think that's an important piece is to remember my limitations that you and I are finite beings. Like we are not the big sea lion. We're the little guy. Um, We don't need to be the big sea lion. We can't be the big sea lion. We're not going to be the person in charge all the days of our lives. We're not going to be able to control our circumstances. We just have to remember our limitations. And it's okay. That uh, like I love what it says in Psalm 131:1. It says, I don't concern myself with things too big. Well, I mean, don't you want to sometimes concern yourself with things too big? Like, don't you want to be the person that knows the answer, that kind of knows what the news stories are all about? That when somebody goes, here's my opinion about this, you go, "Like, actually, here's you know, here's what you should think. Don't you want to be the person that that's kind of like on top? And I don't know if you do or not, but I know I struggle with that all the time. And my ego wants to be the alpha, but in reality, I have to remember my limitations that uh that I'm limited. Psalm 46:10 um is such a great passage. It says this. It says be still and know that I am God. God's going, "Look, you're you're so worried and concerned about stuff. Psalm 46 is is kind of like how you deal with tumultuous, chaotic times when things aren't right or you can't get your hands around a situation. Um, God goes, "Be still and know that I'm God." Another uh, another version of the same verse says, "Cease striving and know that I'm God." Ah, I love that. Cease striving, boy. I don't know about you. I feel like I am constantly striving like not just putting in effort i think that's that's noble i think putting in effort trying is noble but the striving that he's saying stop doing that is like you're overextending yourself you're 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 stepping into god's territory it's kind of like i'm stepping outside of the circle of what i'm responsible for and i'm kind of trying to put myself in the place of god to go like well maybe today i could change the weather <laughs> Or maybe today I could change what the news stories say. That's not possible. That's beyond the scope of my of my limitations. I'm a limited person, and so are you. And I think it's important for us just to remember that as we go. This week has been for me a bit of a trial for that. And I I remember this week so many times. In fact, uh, I was I was trying to figure out what's going on in the world, you know. And so we were on a trip. We had bad signal much of the time. My son lives in the mountains of the Santa Cruz mountains. And so we were in the car a lot. And and, uh, I figured, you know, one thing I can do to kind of stay in touch is he's going to drive us around a lot. I will get a couple apps on my phone so I can kind of check on some news stories. And I found myself like looking at my phone. My wife knows this so many times going like. Well, I wonder if in the last seven seconds, if anything's changed in this news story I just looked at, you know? Or I wonder if there's another update. Let me refresh it again, you know? And I'm trying, and a am bad and I'm just getting frustrated because I want to know what's going on in the world because I kind of want to know, like, are we supposed to do anything about it? And there's so much in me that wants to know, are we supposed to do anything about it? You know, what's my response? And are, am I going to be ready? Is our church going to be ready? Or is something we should be doing as a church? You know, just all this kind of like anxiety inside of me. And I, I had to pause for a moment and go like, that's just probably not healthy. That that much fixation on what am I, what's my role in all this is probably not healthy. And I don't know if you ever find yourself in conversation with friends or uh, with people in the community or on social media feeling like you have to be the answers person. Um, but I think there's a room for us just to go like, you know what, I don't know. I don't know. What are my limitations? What are the things that I can do? What, are, what am I called to do? What am I responsible to do? In this big picture, and as a community of sojourn, one of the things that I love is that your approach is so servant-based. I love the the approach that this church is taking in just demonstrating the gospel, the good news of Jesus, in this community. And um, Matt, I think your heart is so right in that. To to go, he's, Matt's always been a big picture person. He's always been a uh, what we call capital C church person. Like, we believe we are together um, because Jesus has got one family, and yeah, we have different households around, but it's one family, and uh, I, I just think that, that that idea is that that humble approach that goes like, we don't have all the answers, but we, but we serve the King of Kings, and He's able, I mean, I'm not able to sometimes fix my own financial situation, to sometimes address my own relationship issues, um, but he is. And I think it's important for us just to pause and go, I don't concern myself with things too big for me. How do you know what's too big for you? Well, I think whenever your soul moves over into anxiety, you know you've done it. You've crossed a line. So it would be wise for us to recognize that line of anxiety that we sometimes cross because when others are looking at us and we're going, follow Jesus is going to be awesome. And then we're just a big bundle of nerves and anxiety. I think they might look at us and go like, no, thanks. That's no better than what I'm doing. You know, how, how is that better? I think we have somebody we can lay our troubles down on. And, and that's the second thing I want to tell you is uh, if we're going to do the proper thing with our anxiety, we'll follow the advice of what Peter said is release my burdens. So first is, remember my limitations. Secondly, release my burdens. Peter says in 1 Peter 5, 7, he um, he says, cast all of your cares on him because he cares for you. He goes, I want you to take all of the things that you are worried about and throw them at the feet of Jesus. Man, and if you start making a list, you probably have some things. You were just to think right now, what are you concerned about? Because it's not, and that's not bad. It's not bad to go, ooh, I feel bad. I, I'm concerned about some things. That's not bad. Everybody's got some concerns. You should have some concerns, right? Um, Matt was praying for our family, our kids. Of course, we, we love our kids. We want the best for our kids and, uh, and and you know, our family. We love our church. We want the best for our church and our church family. And so, yeah, I mean, there's always going to be some things that are concerns. Uh, I mean, my son's driving is, is one of them. <laughs> Just kidding, Dawson, if you're watching. Um, But, yeah, we we want the best. So you've got concerns. What do you do? I think the question is not do you have concerns. The question is what you do with your concerns. Because if you pull them in and you go, well, i got to figure out how to handle this, then, again, you're trying to be the alpha. You're going, man, I'm concerning myself with things too big for myself. And it's no wonder that that anxiety then compounds. And, uh, I mean, that's going to lead to all of us having a shorter life than we should, uh, less quality of life than we should, and less impact in the community than we ever should. Because we we, we're we're doing things that are not meant for us. They they say actually that stress comes from doing things you were never meant to do. And if you've ever felt that, or especially recently, whether it be in your own personal relationships and network and things people are talking about and everything that's going on in the world, or maybe even a part of this church community, going like, man, it seems like for all of us churches right now, it's two steps forward, it's one step back. We don't know how to progress. Things are changing. I just got an invite to something called the. Rebuilders Innovation Festival in September, put on by Fast Company Magazine, and I'm like, I want to go to that, because, uh, because everybody, businesses too, is going, how do we do what we're supposed to do? So if you have that feeling, that's, that's not unique. Everybody's feeling that, and, uh, and we've got to learn to release those burdens to God. In Psalm 131, he said, I have calmed and quieted myself. I've calmed and quieted myself. And there's something in there because he goes, I'm like a, like a weaned child, right? What is that? That's not a baby. A weaned child is a little bit older child. A weaned child is a child that's learned something. What have they learned? Weaned child means they, they no longer um, are nursing, right? So now they're eating people food. I remember we have three kids, Dawson, Caitlin, Caleb. They are now, let me get this right, 22, 20. And 17, our youngest sister in 17. So we're old, as Matt said already. But uh, when our kids were young, my wife, Melissa, is a, she's a very organized person. And I'm so grateful because if it was up to me, it would have been chaos in our family. But she, when, when our kids were born, she's like, let's put them on a schedule. And so they ate on a schedule. And we were told by our coaching doctors and nurses at the time that that probably would lead to them... Um, Being weaned earlier, and I think that was the case. Um, But also, it led to them sleeping better at night. All this stuff, right? So, I'm an advocate now. I probably wouldn't have been in the beginning, but I'm an advocate now of that philosophy of 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 structure. But here's what a weaned child has learned: they've learned discipline with hunger pains. They've learned another meal is coming; (laughs) I have to wait for it. They've learned to occupy themselves with things other than comforting their own cravings. Um, they've learned like what it means to grow up a little bit. And that's what the psalmist is saying is like, I used to be this crying baby, constantly needing my soul to be soothed. But I'm learning something. I'm learning I can trust my provider, that I know his provision is coming. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to cry when I don't see the right amount of finances in my bank account. I don't have to pout when the news comes out and something changes for our church and with mask mandates or anything like that. I don't have to worry about it because I know that somebody's providing and his name is Jesus and I can trust him. And in the meantime, I'm not going to sit there at the table with my fork and my knife and pound it on the table and wait, you know, for mealtime. I'm going to be busy doing stuff. I'm going to be at work, trusting that the right time is going to happen. We're going to sit down, we're going to eat the meal together. But that's I love that that picture that the psalmist is painting for us to go, I'm growing as a person, to be able to trust more, to be more disciplined, and and to engage myself in things that I'm called to do while I wait for what God is going to do, what he's going to do. That's a beautiful thing, and I want to be like that personally. Uh, in, In this passage, Psalm 131, he says, my heart is not proud, my eyes are not haughty, and I've learned this, that haughty is heavy that pride is heavy, that when you try to be the alpha, it's heavy. And, and, and what we're called here to do is to release our burdens, like to lay it down. So w- let me ask you this question. What's weighing you down right now? You, you know the answer, because you've been thinking about this. You probably didn't sleep last night, some because you were thinking about it. Sometime this week, you dealt with some big, heavy thing, and it's weighing you down. What is it? How could you release that to God today? More so that you are somebody who's freed from the things you're not supposed to focus on, which is anxiety, and you're freed up to pursue the things that you are supposed to focus on, which is freedom, and and be able to live like you're supposed to. I remember when I was a teenager, I was part of a youth group, and uh, it was like summertime, and we were doing a fundraiser for summer camp, and it was a car wash. That's pretty popular, right? If you grew up in church, you probably did a car wash at some time to raise money to go to summer camp or some kind of thing like that. So we did this car wash, and I remember, um, I remember, I was assigned a certain uh, a certain task, and i I kind of it kind of went to my head. I mean, I was just like, I'm the bucket guy, you know, like I was the bucket guy, and so nobody else could touch the buckets because I was like the bucket guy. And I remember one of these girls that was in our youth group got mad at me because she wanted to do something with the buckets, and I was like, No, I'm the bucket guy. So, so she actually said this phrase I've never forgotten. She said, "Be careful you don't drown in your own importance." <laughs> Says like a fourteen-year-old to a fourteen-year-old, you know. And I, I've just never forgotten that. Like, wow, I got stung that day. You know, that was really hard words to hear, but so important for me to hear as a fourteen-year-old at the car wash. You know, and I remember having to give up my 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 grip on the buckets that day because it was like, this is, about team. this is about more than money. You know, in my mind, this is just about, we gotta get as many cars through, we gotta wash these cars, we gotta get the money. What my youth pastor knew was, this is about a lot more than the money. This is about the experience and the teamwork and the camaraderie and I had missed that altogether. And I think it's important for us to go, man, let's get our eyes back on the point of it all. This is not to be the alpha. It's not to be the big sea lion and push everybody else out of the way. Uh, This is about being a part of a family and trusting and knowing that God is actually the one in control and he can handle the things we can't handle. Here's the third thing that I want to encourage you to do is to redirect your hope. So I want you to do this. I want you to remember your limitations, release your burdens, redirect your hope. In this third verse, the psalmist calls all of Israel. He goes, all of Israel, put your hope in the Lord. It's like there's this contrast. He's going, at first, I don't concern myself with things too big because that would be anxiety, and he's instead, put your hope in the Lord. So there's this other thing that we can do if we want to be people who know what to do with our anxiety. In Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30, you probably know that uh, passage if you've heard the Gospels before. Jesus is talking, he says, he basically makes this comparison. He said, uh, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He says, come to me if you feel tired or weighed down. And that's what I'm talking about today, anxiety. Come to me if you feel tired or weighed down. He goes, put this yoke on your shoulders. And that was like this old farming metaphor where these oxen would come together in this one wooden connector called a yoke. And, uh, and so he's going, I'm the big sea lion. I'm the big ox. Why don't you snuggle up right next to me? Because I'm going to do the heavy lifting here as we pull the weight of the load that we're we're assigned. And he said, if you'll come right up next to me, what you're going to feel is your load's going to get lifted. And I love that. And and so when we go, I'm going to redirect my hope. I'm going to put my hope in the Lord. Um, One of the things that I think we recognize is that he becomes the alpha. In fact, if you read the last book of the Bible, Revelation, you hear this term in there, alpha. Which is what Alpha is, just the Greek first letter of the Greek alphabet, and and Jesus is called the Alpha. He's the beginning, right? But he's also called the last letter of the Greek alphabet, the Omega. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. He's like he's the beginning. He's the end. And and so I think when we when we go, what should I do with my anxiety? I think we can pause and go, hmm. If I'm gonna be childish, I will scream and cry and worry, and demand, and be impatient, and wonder, and, you know, voice that, and all of that. But if I'm growing up a little bit as a follower of Jesus, as a person, I'm going to learn this thing of trust, this cadence of dancing in the rhythm that God has for me, where mealtime's coming, and I can trust that. And in the middle, yeah, I might have a hunger pain or two, but I've got this relationship with God where I've been provided for too many times to doubt him now. You know, it's too many times he's come through for me to doubt him now. I got to tell you, in our situation, oh my gosh, uh, I was just telling a church planter the other day, he was, he was looking at our situation. And I think it's easy uh, when you're on the front, and I remember doing this, looking at somebody who's been in, in involved in something for a while, you can start to go, well, they don't struggle with those things anymore, like resources well, they don't, they don't struggle with finding money anymore. You know, your, your temptations will look and go like, well, they, they're so far removed from those early days. No, that's not true. <laughs> I said to this church planner the other day, I said, man, you know, uh, we keep running out of money from time to time. We keep, uh, you know, running out of volunteers. We keep not knowing what to do. And he was surprised. He's like, really? I thought by now, you know, you'd be over that. And I'm like, well, geez, maybe I should be over that by now. But I feel like maybe the Lord wants all of us to have that sense of dependence on him to where it's like, maybe that's beyond my pay grade to be able to figure out all that stuff. Maybe it is more about going like this dependence. Jesus goes, give us today our daily bread. And for some strange reason, he doesn't want to give us three weeks worth of bread at a time. It's one day at a time. And there's a dependence rhythm that he wants for you and me. That's the relationship that he's designed for all of us. And I think I love it because if you, if you maybe you're watching and you haven't stepped into a relationship like that with Jesus yet, or you don't know for sure that he's the provider, that you can trust him, that he's going to come through, that, you know, those financial troubles you have that you feel like are too big for you, they really are. And you don't have to go it alone, that those relationship breakthroughs you're waiting for, that somebody bigger than you can actually speak to those and, and move mountains on your behalf. It's a beautiful place to be, and I think that's why the psalmist says, put your hope in the Lord, because there's always going to be a can't in your life and in my life. And um, even for you who are younger in the room, there's always going to be something that you feel like you can't do. You're going to feel like that little sea lion (laughs) on on the beam, trying to bump off the big sea lion. And I think for all of us, it's wise just to pause and go like, yeah, it's okay to be the little sea lion, because... I'm connected to the biggest sea lion, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the alpha, the omega. He can handle it. Psalm 131 teaches us that anxiety happens when we try to do what God is designed to do. For you and me, our place is a place of trust and, 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 and doing our part and letting God do his part. Hard to do, uh, but so rewarding when we get there. Because when you see God come through for something in your life that uh, you've been waiting on him for, there is this moment of gratitude that fills your heart so full. And you look back and you go like, if I had done that for myself, I would, I would still feel empty. You know why? Because I would still feel like I hadn't done enough. But because I paused, I handed that burden to God, and I allowed him to be the one that comes through, I feel so full right now. And, and I can just turn my thanks to him. That is a beautiful way to live. And and I want to challenge you today, if you are struggling with this chaos that we're going through in the world right now, it's in every city. Certainly it's in our city. Uh, What about having a Psalm 131 approach? Let me ask you two questions, and I'm going to have Ben come up and lead us in a song. But I want to ask you two questions. So while we're responding today, I want you to think about these two questions. Number one, what in your world is making you uncomfortable and why? What in your world is making you uncomfortable and why? And secondly, how can you rest more in God's ability? So what, what in your world right now is making you uncomfortable and why? And how in that can you rest more in God's ability? Let me pray for us. God, thank you for your ability. We just pause right now to, to point it out and to lift you up and to recognize you are the alpha and the omega. You are able. You are bigger. You are better. You are stronger. I thank you that in our weakness, we find that we partner with you and that we come alongside you and you invite us in that weakness to do that. You invite us to be okay not being able to do everything that we're called to do, but to rest in your power and to actually enjoy that to enjoy that you still want to be our Father. You still want to be the one that puts the food on the table, and we get to enjoy it with you. So today, as we reflect, I pray that you'd help us to, to bring those things that would make us uncomfortable and be able to rest in you and trust more. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening. We'd love to hear how God is working in your life. You can connect with us and find more available teachings and resources at our website, sojournpdx.org.